0: It's the end, end of
1: the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That's great, it starts with an earthquake, births, snakes, and aeroplanes, yeah, many fruits, not afraid. I have a hurricane, listen to yourself, good world, but you don't need something, give your own head, beat it up, and I will be, got no excuse, a ladder for the clatter with a fear of fight down tight, firing a fire from the citizens of the gang, the government for hiring a combat sight. But you wasn't coming in, a hurry, be the jury to down your neck.
0: The border the with that low plane, but you the The you know, your heart tell me the rhythm the the right. You you right, feeling pretty the end of the world as we know it. the world we know it. world as know Welcome. To the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy.
1: This is the hour of doom
2: and Bloom! That's
1: right, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour. A fabulous fall fiesta in a fallible world. Uh,
2: <laughs> nuh It's
1: a fiesta. It, it, it's
2: not a fallible wor- world, Roll, though. It's it, a happy world. It is
1: a happy world. And I am... <laughs> oh, you know what it
2: is? It's a harvest time yes, in a is. happy world. Oh, okay, well then that's better than what
1: I came up with. nuh <laughs> I'm Joe Alton, MD, also known as Dr. Bones of Dome and net, where you'll find over 700 posts, videos, and podcasts on medical preparedness for any disaster. I'm a grand old man, and I've got a grand new plan that's to put a medically prepared person in every family and any disaster
2: absolutely that's
1: right and you are amy
2: alton i'm an advanced registered nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife
1: and the hostess with the mostest she's so bright i gotta wear my shades at night (laughs) that's right that's how and i have to wear how's that song go i wear my sunglasses at at night night, so so i can can, so So i I can can. can. what I don't even know what. Um, <laughs> Something. Being well,
2: mysterious yeah, but, and
1: weird <laughs> at one time.
2: <laughs>
1: well, together we are the Watchers on the Wall, and we watch it all for you to help you keep it together, even if everything else falls apart. Friends and neighbors, if you've been injured in an accident with a hellacious herring, our attorney says don't call me. Call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy And listen to this.
2: All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or or is implied between the hosts and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical advice whenever and wherever it is available
1: that's right don't listen to a darn thing we say or at least don't admit to anybody you know that you're listening to a darn thing we say but some of it actually just might make some sense to you somewhere in the back of that brain of yours so so what's up catch up (laughs) we learn as much from you do as you do from us so connect with us it's easy Here's Nurse Amy to tell you how.
2: Absolutely. You can contact us anytime by email at drbonespodcast at AOL.com. That's D-R-B-O-N-E-S podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Or find us on Facebook at our group, Survival Medicine, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. We have a couple of Facebook pages you can like and follow, Doom and Bloom and Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Follow us on Twitter at Prepper Show, and don't forget our YouTube channel at Dr Bones Nurse Amy. And we have an awesome—I say awesome—because it's live, and it's—you never know what's going to happen.
1: The video cast, (laughs) yes, yes.
2: video cast at AroundTheCabin.com. The first and third Wednesday of every month,
1: live,
2: seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
1: You know, we've been traveling a lot, and that certainly reflects in the sound quality, of course, of some of our recent shows. But I assure you, it's all in a good cause. We've been to Georgia, North Carolina, Kentucky. We've met a lot of interesting people, haven't we?
2: Oh, yes. Lots of very, very nice people.
1: And you've met some people that may not have clothes on, haven't you?
2: (laughs) Yes, the Naked and Afraid
1: contestants Uh, yes, Jason... Zabo, uh, also EJ, and Clint, Clint or three uh, Naked and Afraid contestants. And I was there as well, a, a, except I was... They af- were
2: afraid you were going to get naked. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I'm afraid I was not going to give them the opportunity to see me naked. So <laughs> You're there. not going on the show, honey. <laughs> I'm I sorry.
2: I know you were going to send your application in. But um, I, I beg you not to go.
1: Maybe they have a seniors division.
2: Seniors division. Well, yes. they'd have to be um, putting Very more. Very senior. No, but they'd have to be putting more blurred areas on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for the much, senior.
1: Much more blurred. <laughs> Instead for sure. of just the
2: top part and the bottom part and the back part, they have to. Have. They have to get rid of the middle too.
1: That's right. Well, what, but you
2: know, hey, we're uh, alive. What's the other right. choice?
1: That's absolutely right. <laughs> oh, you know, we also met uh, Scott Hunt, Engineer Seven Seven Five, at a, at Prepper Camp, along with Rick Austin, Survivor Jane, and just an awful lot of really nice people over there. He, uh, Scott, I know, we
2: probably sound like a record record broken record because that was back on the. 16th of September.
1: I'm just sort of documenting <laughs> uh, documenting our travels. All
2: right. Well, we, well, we, we also met and met a lot of people. Wow. We met
1: uh, Canadian preppers uh, in Ontario, We like Nate, who has a great YouTube channel, and uh, you can see us in one of his recent videos of uh, being interviewed.
2: We finally met Steve Mistretta, who was our producer at our previous network.
1: Right. Also, our good friend and fellow podcaster from that network from all the way back, uh, Danab,
2: Oh yes! That's right. Oh yes. my goodness, that was in Canada. That was a right. lot of fun.
1: Right in Kentucky, we met the awesome folks at AroundTheCabin.com. Rich Beresford, uh, Phil Foosball Patriot, right? Brianna, Mike Randy, Parker, Mike Parker, and his uh, family. is yep. who you were
2: just mentioning. Right,
1: the rest of the gang uh, who told us, by the way, someone at a recent show, said I wasn't actually a doctor. <laughs> Which, by the wait, wait, way, is did, a lie. Wait, where? Did a you terrible get your medical, falsehood.
2: Why I, that's so true. Where I did you a, get your medical license that gumball I, machine? Yeah, remember? <laughs> well, you
1: know, I am uh, I'll you tell are you one a thing.
2: Legally I, licensed.
1: actively licensed.
2: actively licensed in
1: good standing
2: medical doctor in the
1: state of Florida. So there, huh. suck it. <laughs> all right. That's what I gotta say. It's all there in black and white. It just goes to show people are just mean. You know what? There are lies and there are damned lies.
2: Ooh. That's right. I don't think I've ever heard you curse.
1: That's right. Well, ever. No. Never. That's right. I very rarely <laughs> you do. You never curse. Yep. But you know what? I guess there's always a hater in the crowd, and that's okay with me. What are you that do? means we must be doing something right somewhere along the way, right?
2: <sighs> there are always those out there. But you know what? The person who's doing it, a woman who's going to all of these shows she is a friend who thinks of himself as a competitor, but there are no competitors. We're all out here trying to provide information, and we should all, as they say, just get along.
1: Right. I have no. <laughs> I really have no idea why people, real, especially in the medical field, have a, have this competitive. We don't over.
2: Nope. Not gonna have Overdeveloped
1: it. sense of competition It's ridiculous We don't need it Seenly We want Seenly everybody stuff. to survive And we want help And we welcome help from anyone else who's interested In that same goal And I want to just put that out there So there And, <laughs> and that's the story Now we did get to talk to a lot of nice people At these places oh, And yeah. we're going to go ahead I, One of them is our good friend Jim Cobb Yes, and I have a, a just a few minutes. I wanted to share with you that uh, we had with Jim Cobb, and that's coming up we right. Have one of his now
2: numerous new books.
1: That's right. We brought yeah. it up to the cabin Prepper, with us. Prep, preparedness survival hacks. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. So here we are uh, with Jim Cobb. Hey there. I am here with one of my good friends, Jim Cobb. Holy mackerel! This guy is the most prolific preparedness and survival writer that i know and the amazing thing is he actually puts out quality information every time he writes something (laughs) how does he do it we're going to find out today well tell us what your secret is
0: well my secret is excellent time management and a wife who rides my butt to make sure things get done on time oh i got one of those yeah see (laughs) um book number seven just came out that's prepper survival hacks it's all uh diy stuff little fun little projects that you can do with the kids um book number eight will be the communication handbook that comes out in february and then after that we've got prepper's armed defense that'll be out uh about mid next year wow that is
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a lot of stuff i wrote a book two years ago i know and, and it's, uh, it it's sh- an
0: excellent book oh.
1: <laughs> but you know what i'm just sort of out. Actually, no. We're going to put our, our third edition out. We'll be coming awesome. Coming out, will be coming out next year as well. And okay. So uh, we're working on it, and uh, I'll tell you, it's not going to be anywhere near as useful as your book because your books have gone the gamut from, I mean, from uh, medical to water to food to shelter to just about everything. And it's it's awesome all the stuff you do for our community. Do
0: you have any new projects besides that? Um, nothing at Right now, I've got the survivalweekly.com website that I do. Oh,
1: let's talk about that.
0: Um, honestly, I, I'm very lax right now because I've been working on the books a lot. But there's a lot of information on the site, and hopefully later this year I'm going to get back to at least you know once or twice a week blog posts. I've got a series of posts on there called Build a Bugout Bag that I'm working on that so far has been very well received. I just need to get back to it and finish it off.
1: Well, you have a great uh, group on Facebook that I think everybody should join. Tell us about that.
0: Uh, Well, that's Facebook.com. Survival Weekly is the name of the group. I do a free giveaway every week. I do blog posts every week. We do contests, all kinds of good stuff.
1: And a lot of good friends of mine are on that group, and you should be also out there if you want to find out more about survival from the man. <laughs> so I want to thank uh, Jim for coming by. I just sna- snagged him as he walked in the door, and uh, I'm sure he's got a lot of good friends to to say hi to here as well. And uh, thank you so much for coming by and saying hi. Thanks for yeah. having me. All right, take care, man. All
0: right, thank you. Awesome.
1: You know, we met another bunch of not- people that we are associated with, but we hadn't actually physically met before. And that's the great folks at AroundTheCabin.com represented. Here in this short interview by Rich Beresford Rich is our sort of, I guess Producer Producer, moderator during our, our video casts And uh, he gets to preside over the hilarity and, <laughs> and the the occasional bits of knowledge that we were able to pass out <laughs> and, and of course he's seen uh, us splash some paint around He's seen us oh, yes. do all sorts of things That... Mm-hmm. Um, My
2: walls and the birds still have paint. Right. right. So
1: there's all sorts of stuff that that happens on live TV that you just don't see anywhere else. And so, just to tell you a little bit about AroundTheCabin.com, here's our good friend, Rich Beresford. Testing, testing, testing. All right, we're on. Here I've got Rich Beresford, he is the head of AroundTheCabin.com and he is doing a great service for the preparedness community by putting together a video channel with all sorts of experts and just great people to listen to and to watch, especially us because uh, there's always always a mishap, right Rich?
3: There always (laughs) is. There always
1: (laughs) is. But tell us a little bit about yourself and what uh, your mission is. Well, I
3: am one of the owners of AroundTheCabin.com, as you said, and uh, I bring people in through uh, video, as yourself, and we have a chat room there at Around the Cabin, and people can come in and talk and discuss and teach and just share the knowledge with everybody all about prepping, survival, bushcraft, and other things like that. So there's a variety of shows, but uh, it's all free. Everything's for free.
1: That's awesome. I, nothing like free knowledge to help people get prepared and and to really i mean really spread the message of preparedness in general oh yes tell us a little bit about some of the hosts that you have uh, some some of the popular shows that you have Not us. Not us.
3: Well, one of your most popular (laughs) shows is you, of course. But we also have great people like Charlie Hogwood (laughs) Uh from Ready Go Prep. Awesome guy. Uh, We have our friends Mike Parker, who does uh, primitive teaching, who teaches people about living out in the wild. We have uh, Chris Kane from England, who does uh, a show with us and teaches survival also, uh, living out in the woods. We have so many different hosts and so many different shows, uh, everything from some news blurb shows all the way to... Uh, medical shows, uh, gun shows, uh, shows on teaching all everything from butchering to uh, cooking.
1: So, oh, that is awesome. Well, uh, let's see. I just want to s- find out a little bit about what uh, the future plans are for uh, aroundthecabin.com. What kind of things can we expect to see from you guys? I'm, I'm going to give
3: you a. I'm going to give you a, a real good start. I mentioned it the other day on Around the Cabin. But we are actually looking at possibly having a school in different areas of the United States and people will be able to people will be able to go out there and uh, learn from the individuals who are doing the shows with us. And so I will say like, you know, if you guys want to be part of the school, I would say we can meet up with, with Joe and Amy at a certain place at a certain time and for, you know, a little bit they would take care of it but we want to keep the cost way down I understand that people have to get paid for their time and a lot of people understand that but when you get taught for certain things I don't think you should have to pay a thousand dollars dang to, you know to go and they do They that I mean, so is many a lot of money schools are quite a money and uh, I want the average people to be able to attend to learn to share the knowledge with it so that's one of the breaking things that we're putting out there we have a lot more websites that are coming out that I can't tell you about right now but I will tell you to be on the lookout for those and uh, a lot more
1: shows. Well, in about three minutes, the doors will be opening, so you got to get back to your booth, and we're going to have to do our thing. Rich, thank you so much for joining us here at the NPS Expo in Knoxville. I mean, in oh, my gosh, in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. Louisville.
3: Well, it's okay because the Knoxville exit down there. That's why it's confusing. Louisville, Kentucky right now at the Expo. Joe, I really appreciate the interview, buddy. Thank you very much. You guys come by and see them. They're right inside the door when you come in. All right.
1: Thanks so much. Take care, Rich. And those were just some of the folks that we spoke to in Louisville, Kentucky, and we'll be actually interviewing some of the Naked and Afraid contestants in the near future. So watch out for that. Their experience is certainly something that, None of you have gone through yourselves, and I'm sure you'll learn a lot from them. Now, back to beautiful Waynesville, North Carolina. Okay, we are in beautiful western North Carolina in Waynesville, and our home base is East Tennessee, so it's just a hop, skip, and a jump over some mountains, the Great Smoky Mountains, as a matter of fact, but we're here at Carolina Readiness Supply, one of the few prepper or preparedness stores in the nation that is actually a brick-and-mortar store. And we're happy to be interviewing uh, some of the folks that are working here and providing all sorts of great supplies to people that need them. And despite that, this is a survival medicine show, and I want to talk about survival medicine, especially infections. I spend a lot of time talking about infections because I think there's going to be a lot of avoidable deaths due to silly things like an infected cut from chopping wood, things people might not be accustomed to doing that gets them into trouble because there aren't antibiotics that can nip these infections in the bud. Well, today we're going to talk about an antibiotic that's going to be useful, especially in the area that we're at right now in North Carolina and Tennessee, simply because there are some organisms around here that can cause pretty significant diarrheal disease that can lead to dehydration that could be life-threatening. Metronidazole is what I'm talking about today. It's a aqu- aquatic equivalent. It's called fishzole, and it's an antibiotic in the nitroamidazole family that is used primarily to treat infections caused by anaerobic bacteria and protozoa. Now anaerobes are bacteria that don't depend on oxygen to live. And protozoa have been defined as single-celled organisms with animal-like behavior. I mean, they really are in a sense. I mean, many of them propel themselves randomly from place to place by means of a flagellum, a tail-like hair that they whip around that allows them to move, not that they know where they're going, but It does allow them to move, so they're a sort of a step up from bacteria. The antibiotic metronidazole works by blocking some of the functions within bacteria and protozoa, thus resulting in their death. It's better known by the U.S. brand name Flagyl, and it usually comes in 250 milligram and 500 milligram tablets. Now, metronidazole is used in the treatment of a lot of bacterial diseases, uh, diverticulitis which is an intestinal infection that is seen in older individuals, almost like a ruptured appendix in the worst cases, peritonitis from appendicitis, let's say, an inflammation of the abdominal lining due to that, ruptured cysts, other causes, uh, certain pneumonias, diabetic foot ulcer uh, infections, diabetic foot ulcer infections, meningitis, a, an infection of the spinal cord and brain lining, uh, bone and joint infections, Uh, Intestinal infections due to a bacterial species known as Clostridia. And this is a funny one because sometimes you get this because you took a certain antibiotic. So that's an issue. Endocarditis, which is a heart infection. Uh, Bacterial vaginosis, which is a very common vaginal infection. And pelvic inflammatory disease, which is an infection in women that can lead to abscesses in their abdominal cavity. Often needed to be by the way it it doesn't work by itself in this case you have to use in combination with other antibiotics Uh, but uterine infections it does work sometimes by itself in pretty good shape but uterine infections is many times effective by itself especially those infections that occur after childbirth or miscarriage and of course you know that that is a big source of maternal mortality in austere settings Now dental infections also can be treated with uh, um, metronidazole and that is sometimes used in combination as well with amoxicillin. There is uh, uh, a bacteria that causes peptic ulcers uh, which is called H. pylori, the letter H. pylori and uh, Heliobacter pylori is what the official name is and, and it can treat that and even treat some skin infections. And those are just the bacterial infections that metronidazole can deal with. It also works with these protozoal infections, amibiasis, which is a dysentery-like disease caused by something called enta-amoeba. And... You'll find that in contaminated water or food. Uh, There's giardiasis, also found in contaminated water or food, uh, which is an infection of the small intestine caused by giardia species. Uh, Trichomoniasis, vaginal infections, that's a parasite which, believe it or not, can be transmitted sexually. So this is a a major issue. Uh, Amoebiasis and giardiasis, those can be caught from drinking what appears to be even the purest-looking mountain stream water. And these infections are seen right here in the Great Smoky Mountains and elsewhere. Never fail to sterilize all water, regardless of the source, before you drink it. Now, metronidazole is used in different dosages to treat different illnesses. You'll find detailed uh, information on that in our book, The Survival Medicine Handbook. But let's talk a little bit about what some of these dosages might be for just a few of them. For uh, amoebic dysentery. Um, that amybiasis that i mentioned you'll take 750 milligrams orally three times daily for five to 10 days for children give 35 to 50 milligrams per kilogram per day orally a kilograms 2.2 pounds so 35 to 50 milligrams per 2.2 pounds per day orally in three divided doses for 10 days and no more than the adult dosage of course regardless of the weight of the child Uh, for uh Various infections: uh, 7.5 milligrams per kilogram orally every six hours, uh, but never exceed more than four grams daily. Now, pelvic inflammatory disease, uh, pelvic infection in the uterus, And tubes, and ovaries, you would use 500 milligrams uh, orally twice daily for 14 days in combination with other drugs like doxycycline and azithri- or azithromycin for just general vaginal infections you would use perhaps 500 milligrams twice daily for seven days or a two gram single dose in other words four or five hundred milligram tablets at once so this is these are just some of the things that you can use to treat it now like all antibiotics Metronidazole has side effects Which you can review by picking up A physician's desk reference Going to drugs.com or rxlist.com One particular side effect Has to do with alcohol If you drink alcohol while on metronidazole It's going to likely make you vomit Metronidazole is not used in pregnancy But can be used in people Who are allergic to penicillin Now the important thing to know is that having antibiotics is going to give you an additional tool in the medical woodshed. It might just one day save a life. Remember, they're not toys. You should only use them when absolutely necessary, but to not have a supply of these is a big mistake if you're going to be prepared for times of trouble. Well, in the last of this interview-heavy show, we are going to talk To Jan Sterrett, an actual owner of a brick and mortar preparedness store. Something that you don't see very often in this country, but you know what? We should have them in every large community because there's a lot of great material in there that you absolutely need to get your hands on. And so we're gonna talk to Jan about her story. Her and her husband Bill Sterrett have for a number of years had a store called uh, have a store called the carolina readiness supply and we're going to talk a little bit to her about her story okay we are here with jan sterrett of carolina readiness supply one of the few and actually the best preparedness brick and mortar store in the country and I want to welcome you Jan to the Doom and Bloom Hour, the Survival Medicine Hour and I I just want people to know that we are conducting this outside so you may be hearing some voices or some traffic in the background. I have wanted to have you on the show for a long time, but we just haven't been able to. And I'm so glad that I managed to get here actually see your store. I want you to just tell me a little bit about yourself and why you decided to put together a preparedness store. You could have put together a a diner or you could have put together, uh, I don't know, a 5 and and 10 cent store. But you put together a preparedness store.
4: Right. Well, it's great to be here and great to have you finally get here and see us. Uh, It's an honor. We started, my husband was preparing, and I just kept telling him, go ahead, do whatever. Just don't tell me about it. (laughs) But then I read Dr. Forstin's book one second after. Right. And I'm like, okay, we need to do something. So one thing led to another, and uh, we wanted mountain house food. We had to have a storefront. So we rented a small building, had a storefront, built up from there, and then after one year we doubled in space. So now we're over here.
1: Well, I'll tell you, you've put together a store that's got just about everything that anybody might need. You've got food. You've got uh, medical supplies. You've got water, just about everything. Water purifiers. Water purification. Tell us a little bit more about some of the items that you have that I might have missed.
4: Uh, well, we have the Berkey water filters. Oh, those are great. We have dehydrators, uh-huh. um, the All-American pressure canners for canning. We keep a supply of ball jars year-round. That way you can dehydrate any time of year, and you still got jars you can put them up in.
1: Excellent. And some mm-hmm. of those jars with your pressure cooker at 15 uh, PSI for 20, 30 minutes, you can actually sterilize medical instruments. Absolutely. That's right. So that it, you may not think of that as a medical supply, but that indeed is. And so, and so you've got that, you've got uh, lighting, I see, you have a lot of camping supplies, but you have an amazing library of all sorts of different books. Tell us about those.
4: Well, we have to start with Dr. Forstin's book. Right. One second after, and then he now has written one year after.
1: Yes, finally.
4: Finally, yes.
1: Years, years, but he, but he did. Yeah, awesome book.
4: Right, but one of the kickers is reading the book Day of Wrath. That That's unreal. So we have Stan and Holly Deo's book, Dare to Prepare. All sorts. We've got, of- yeah, Scott Hunt's book on right. preparedness. We've got... Dr. Arthur Bradley's books, uh, The Survivalists. We've got his uh, book on EMPs. Uh-huh.
1: You have James Wesley uh, Rawls books, I think, Yes, you have, have of- all the Rawls books. Now, you're going to be putting together an event, and that's going to be, I think, in the spring. And why don't you tell us about that? Okay, that is called Heritage
4: Life Skills. And this year it will be April 29th to May 1st. We'll be at the Haywood County Fairgrounds. It is three days of hands on classes.
1: Right here in Waynesville, North Carolina.
4: Right. You can learn how to can meat, butter, bacon, your vegetables, make jam. We'll be doing bread making classes, cheese making. We'll have essential oils, uh, emergency auto repair, Dutch oven cooking, land navigation. We've got a blacksmith. Dang! Uh, yeah, knife making—make your own knife out awesome. of out of a railroad spike. Wow! Uh, we have perimeter security surveillance. Um, we also do a night patrol class, prepper pharmacy, dehydrating. It's—we'll have at least fifty classes. Yeah, and you might Plus, even have us there yes, this yes, time around finally. Yes. How about that? And Amy's going to be doing a gunshot kit training class. Uh-huh. And then they'll be doing the suture class.
1: And she's she's going to do also her, her husband wrangling class. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's wrangled me, yeah, that's for sure. Well, looks like you've got a really awesome program going on there. I can't wait to to be there. We're going to be there April 29th to the 1st at the Haywood County Fairgrounds and in Waynesville, North Carolina, which is where you can find Carolina Readiness Supply. Now, it's a brick and mortar store, but it's not just a brick and mortar store. Tell us where we can find you online. Okay, we're at uh, CarolinaReadiness.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jan. I can't tell you guys how difficult it was to get her in front of the microphone. But you know what? She's a pro, and she sounds a heck of a lot better than I do. So thank you, Jan, for getting on with us All and right. telling us about your mission, which is to get people prepared. And, and thank you so much for everything you do.
4: All right. Well, thank you for coming. We certainly yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. it. All
1: right, darling. Thank you. God <laughs> Thanks. bless you. Whew, that's been a lot so far. You know what? Let's go ahead and have just a short break with a little musical interlude and a little
2: dishwasher in the background
1: oh my goodness turn that thing off (laughs) (laughs) you're listening to the survival medicine hour with dr bones and nurse amy we're back you're listening to the survival medicine hour with dr bones and ursani you know i wanted to take a second to talk about this hurricane that hit mexico theoretically it was the most powerful hurricane ever to hit the entire north american coast uh and it made landfall in an area where there were just uh, i guess a few villages not a lot of large cities but didn't do a heck of a lot of damage. There were actually no reports of deaths, even though storm winds were 200 miles an hour, something pretty incredible. As a matter of fact, it had all but dissipated by just the next morning, about 12 hours after touching land, by 4 p.m. of that same day that it actually hit the coast. It... Was no longer ranked as a tropical, even as a tropical storm. I mean, that's not to say that damage isn't severe, but while the hurricane spared the densely populated centers, it seems to have done a good amount of va- damage to villages between uh, the two cities of Manzanillo and Puerto Vallarta. Now, many people that live in these impoverished impoverish communities, they really don't have a lot of money, and of course, like you can imagine, what the strength the building, of the structure of the homes I, are.
2: I can't imagine how they survived, how no one got killed. It's just absolutely a miracle. That's all I can say. It is a, amazing.
1: The, the government hasn't come up with the total for how much the recovery is going to cost, but uh, if you look at the affected areas, at least the images that I've seen, it paints a pretty clear picture. I mean, things are you know, telephone poles are down and. Trees oh, and palms and typically every expect. yeah right exactly Even from
2: uh, probably category one right can do those kinds of things
1: yet yeah, no one appears to have died uh, uh, that is just, just amazing it
2: is just amazing incredible I,
1: I have I have no idea but that indeed the director of Mexico's civil protection agency confirmed no reports of deaths and well. I think that is something wonderful. Uh, They believe that the reason why there weren't any fatalities is that people actually paid attention to warnings. Uh, They did shut down the schools and stores and businesses closed.
2: And the funny thing is, usually we have, what, a week and a half, 10 days, sometimes two weeks that we see from Florida... The hurricanes forming off the coast of Africa.
1: Exactly.
2: Moving across the ocean, slowly developing. You've got minute by minute weather.
1: It took about 24 hours. 24 hours to go from a tropical storm to a Category 5 hurricane and less than 24 hours to go back down to a tropical storm. So it just an amazing situation. Thank God everything turned out okay. And I guess as... As these hurricanes hit land, they they lose steam pretty quickly. That's what happened in this case, and thank goodness that there were not a lot of injuries or deaths.
2: Absolutely.
1: In the meantime, while there was very little damage, or at least loss of life, related to the hurricane Hurricane Patricia in Mexico, there was an incredible flood in the, which very few people heard about have heard about in Navarro County. Texas near Houston Where there was up to 20 inches In some locales which caused Dangerous flooding that actually Washed away not just Cars but a train
2: Completely knocked it over
1: Completely knocked Unbelievable. Absolutely completely knocked it over Washed the tracks out completely And possibly there's been a death Associated with that when a homeless Man went to get his dog In the flood and was swept Away by the rains there's a possibility of more rain, as a matter of fact, now that uh, Hurricane Patricia is just essentially a tropical storm or a tropical front, and that is heading straight towards Texas. Texas, if you remember, just a few months ago was in the midst of a major drought. And now it is just, I guess, drowning. I mean, I haven't been to Texas since the... Uh, flood I was there before before it started getting uh, Heavy rains But but boy I mean it must not Look like the same place uh, The rain was letting up in the city Of San Antonio and Houston by late Afternoon but uh, San Antonio broke mm-hmm. a daily Rainfall record it was up to 20 Inches of rain And in some circumstances Rain fell at Perhaps 4 inches an Hour which is Pretty darn amazing. So this is something that we always have to remember, that there is always some kind of natural disaster. I mean, I can pretty much just take a look at the news at any one time and find three natural disasters in the United States, um, or at least in in, or nearby, uh, Hurricane Patricia, the flooding in Texas, uh, drought in California that still hasn't been really improved much by the uh, El Nino that uh, weather phenomena that is occurring they think it's going to improve things this winter but still an issue here uh, there were wildfires in the Northwest which I think are now flooding under in the control just at, at right flooding in I mean, uh, South Carolina uh, with regards a couple of weeks ago, right with that other hurricane that was on I f- gosh I forget the name of that one uh, on the
2: that started to be heading towards us and then it skirted the united states but it dropped all that rain right up through south carolina
1: so just uh into North carolina. just amazing this is something that we always have to remember that you are always at risk for being caught in a natural disaster and that's why it's always so important right it's always you so important to prepare make sure you have uh, a couple of weeks of food uh, or more, really, is what I, I would recommend. Of uh, medical supplies, Minima. water, because remember, floodwaters uh, are not clean, drinkable water. And I just think that it's very important to, you know, just look around the house and, you know, make sure you know how to turn off the gas, turn off the electricity if you have to, and that the rest of the members of the family know how to do that.
2: And also options for cooking. That's one thing people don't think about. But if you're going to have foods that even require some boiled water, you need to have some way of boiling that water. Because a lot of foods, especially the ones you need to rehydrate, require adding boiling water to it. That's right. So you can eat it.
1: <laughs> That's right. We actually got at uh, Carolina Readiness Supply we got some I did, MR, uh, yes. MREs or freeze dried are I they freeze dried or MREs? the
2: uh, beef stroganoff. Uh-huh. And which she said was really delicious. And I got something called Beef Stroganoff. Breakfast uh-huh. Skillet. A breakfast skillet. Breakfast, oh, wow. here it is. Well, you know, right here. And these are just
1: add water, or how does that go?
2: Yep, here they are. Now we have these in t- number ten cans at home, right? But I don't want to open my number ten cans because, of course, that's my storage food. So these so are smaller packets. This uh, is a yep. These are Mountain House. Um, looks like this breakfast skillet is four point seven three ounces. This actually is two servings. It's freeze dried. And it's hash browns and scrambled eggs mixed with pork sausage patty, peppers and onions.
1: Uh-huh. And you've got chili <clears> mac <throat> with beef, you got a brief stroganoff nope. and a few other things. Now I think that it's really important to look at the amount of protein you're getting. And the yep. great thing about Mountain House is they tell you exactly how much protein. For example, the chili mac with beef. You got 12 grams of protein per serving. And these are two
2: servings. And this one, the breakfast skillet is 14 14 grams of protein. And
1: the beef stroganoff
2: is, turn it over. It's going to say it on the back. Protein. Nope. It doesn't say that one on here. Yeah, it is. 11 grams. 11
1: grams. There you go. 11 grams. Now,
2: some of these you have to watch the sodium if you're just eating it on a daily basis, you know, or just occasionally, or when you go camping. Mm -hmm. Not as bad as I thought. A uh, One serving of the, the stroganoff is 790 milligrams, which is a third of your daily salt. So you just have to watch out. Um, the breakfast skillet is 920 milligrams, which is 38%. And the chili mac with beef, which I would expect to have even more salt. It's only ha- 27%. Only only has 650 milligrams of potassium, excuse me, of uh, sodium. So, but they do have some vitamins added. As you can see, this Chili Mac has vitamin A, 20%, vitamin C, 15%, and 15% of iron. daily
1: iron. Yeah.
2: So they do add some vitamins to these. Now, the
1: thing with a lot of these is you have to, if you eat these, continually which you would possibly need to go into your storage during a a disaster is that you might wind up with some problems (laughs) with constipation Oh boy so one of your medical supplies should be I mean not only do you need anti-diarrheal medicine like Imodium in in an effort to uh, treat diarrheal Mm -hmm. disease that can come from contaminated water and things like that but also you need to have a laxative Yes. So Senna is one. Senna, Senna is tea. a natural
2: herb, right. right? You can make a tea out of it, which we actually have tea packets in our family bag as right. part of the medical kits. Um, another Senacot thing, is Senacot, a, is a you medical. can also consider uh, prunes. And right. um, I'm pretty sure we have dried prunes. Right.
1: So, yeah. you know, so. Uh, I wonder if they're as good dried as if they were fresh.
2: Oh, yeah. The fiber yep. is so high. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So. Absol- or you can even store cans of prune juice. Yes. Like little cans of pineapple juice. Right. You can store cans of or prune juice. Prune juice. Mm-hmm. Just check the expiration date, of course. Um, the cans are going to be better than anything that's in glass. Um, but... Let's just talk about how to make these. Because say you've got some at home and you want to make them. It is so simple. The package is actually what you cook it in. So you're just going to open the package. You're going to take out the oxygen absorber. Now this is really important because you don't want to cook the oxygen absorber and accidentally eat it. So make sure you remove that. And then you're going to add boiling water. And this is why we were talking about having a heat source so you can actually get some boiling water. And you're going to add just a cup and a half of boiling water. Stir it carefully with whatever you have. And then the top of the package actually has a zipper on it, like a Ziploc bag. So you're going to close that up. And then uh, after four minutes, go ahead and stir it again and close it back up. You know, it's like stirring in the middle of cooking. You know, you kind of mix it up. So it cooks evenly, and then close it back up, and you can let it stand for about eight to nine minutes, and you can actually eat this right out of the pouch. Right, you don't I think need they're a, meant
1: to meant yeah, to be. You don't
2: me. need another plate. You don't need a bowl. So really, the only thing you need is some sort of eating utensils. Although, uh, in a pinch, you could probably just tilt this package up, and
0: <laughs> right. you know, like <laughs> you were
2: drinking soup out of a bowl. I guess. And, yeah. You know, if you hey, whatever sure. you got to do in a survival <laughs> situation. But the key factor is having the boiled water. And that's also important if you've got issues with flooding and you might have contaminated water. You're going to need to be able to boil your water.
1: Now, listen, with Bill Stirrett of Carolina Readiness, I know that you were doing some videos with him. We did one video in which I was there. Yes. In which he showed you how to... Put away. What was a cornmeal that he yes, was putting away? Yes, yes. He
2: took a a giant bag. It was probably a fifty pound bag of cornmeal, and he had a plastic
1: food white grade.
2: food grade bucket, mm-hmm. which was lined with a big mylar bag. He moved the cornmeal into the mylar bag, which was stuck inside the bucket already. Don't fill up the mylar bag and then try to put it in the bucket. You want to go ahead and line the bucket with the mylar bag. Put the cornmeal in it. Um, he put exactly 24
1: pounds twenty
2: four yes. pounds of the cornmeal in it, tamped it down, kind of took the bucket and, you know, bopped it up and down so it got all the air out. And then he took his um, uh, food saver press, mm-hmm. but he also showed how you can use a curling iron, right. a flat curling iron. iron. I thought that you was great. can do the same thing. You can do here. the same thing with a certain amount of heat. And he closed up 90% of the Mylar bag. Then he folded over the top of the Mylar bag to inside the bucket to get out as much air. And then he took his hands and sort of pressed down over the Mylar bag into the cornmeal so that as much air as possible could come out. Then he took his oxygen absorber and put that in the bag. And while his assistant closed over the oxygen absorber main bag because it had others in there. you don't want to get those activated. you want to save those for the future. Stuck one in there, folded it over again to make sure there's just even less air in it and then just use the um, heat source right. to finish so off crimp
1: that area off. finish
2: off the ceiling and then he showed the which was nice. he had one that had already been done which you could see had been totally sucked in. Right. <laughs> after a period of time, it has that <laughs>
1: vacuum look.
2: You love vacuum look, yeah. And you, that's
1: how you know you've done it, right. Yeah,
2: if you have ever seen vacuum-packed bags, you can tell exactly what's inside the bag because it forms the shape around it. And then you can put the lid after the oxygen absorber has been activated, and you could see that it's been vacuum-packed. Then you can just put the... The white bucket lid on top of it, make sure it's marked clearly. Right. The date that you do it.
1: Exactly. And
2: what is in it. And then you can uh, put that in your storage. I would definitely use um, a marker or label system that isn't going to fade because then you aren't going to know what's in it and when you did it.
1: Now, you did other, (coughs) you did some, you did some, bless you, you you did some other uh, filming with him. What what did uh, he show you?
2: Yeah, he gave uh, some really good hints. I think it's an excellent, not only a a primer for people who are just starting out prepping, but for people who have probably doing it for a while. And he gave some ideas of uh, starting foods, you know, rice and beans and spices and oil um, and vitamins and why each of these is important and and some, you know, nice hints about each type of food or or, uh, item. <coughs> Excuse me, and well, I see you. Uh, and um, yeah, it was a great video. He went over number ten cans. He talked about different brands of cans, uh, types of, of different foods, and you know, like typically what Mountain House provides and what um, Ogsen, uh Farms has. Uh-huh. They're they're they tend to be the pure foods, like your fruits and your vegetables and your right. your simple meats. And then the Mountain House tends to be more combination foods, like what we were just talking about your beef stroganoff with right. noodles, like your a breakfast full meal, skillet. Yeah. Exactly. So that you're not adding a bunch of different ingredients together. So, you know, that's great. But sometimes you also want a vegetable and a fruit, or you just want to make your own creation. And that's what's possible. And another thing Jan showed me from Carolina Readiness that she makes that you didn't see was she actually uses mason jars and fills them up with different combinations for soup and mixes and she said you can put these mason jars in the oven for an hour and they actually become sterile and they vacuum seal themselves and you have a long-term storage that you've created yourself with mason jars
1: yes and you can actually boil some uh uh, water let's let's say a liter of water Mm -hmm. with two teaspoons of salt in a a pot with a lid for 15 minutes allow it to cool put that in those mason jars and then go ahead and let them uh
2: They'll seal themselves. Ste- right, exactly. They'll seal themselves. Actually, if you put the, the boiling hot water and immediately put your sterilized lid, everything when you're canning has to be sterilized. Your utensils, your jars, the lids, everything has to be sterilized. You put the sterilized water in there and seal it immediately, and it will actually go pop, pop. And the lid will... The top right. will go down. If that's, you guys have done any canning, canning, you know what I'm talking either. about. Right, sure. <laughs> and that's how you check to mm-hmm. see if it's still sealed. You can push on the top. If you can go boop, 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 right. then it's not sealed anymore. So if it's sucked down, then you're good. And you can make yourself some either... Uh, sterile water you can actually do the sterile saline you
1: did a great job canning some tomatoes a while back
2: i did i still have them <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: that is a lot of work yes anyone who has done canning i salute you um, my mother did a lot of canning when we lived in georgia we had a large garden and we would also go to the farmer's market and we get great deals on large um, bushels of peaches and And we would go out. My mother would send my brother and I out into uh, the bushes. And we would pick blackberries. Of course, I would come home with chiggers and all kinds of horrible, creepy crawlies on me. I didn't care because I was eating half of the ones I was bringing in. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed it. Good Uh, times getting bit by chiggers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we're just about out of time. You know, we didn't even have time to tell people... That we have books and uh, an entire line of medical kits. And <laughs> well, our
2: book is educational called, materials. Yes, our book is called the Survival Medicine Handbook, and you can get it on our website at store.doomandbloom.net or Amazon.com.
1: And don't forget, Nurse Amy has an entire line of medical kits. You'll find those at store.doomandbloom.net, and also you'll find our game Doom and Bloom Survival, a great way to get the whole family together, drop their smartphones. And think about preparedness a little bit.
2: And the miniatures are on their way. That's right. I'll be putting them up in the next month.
1: <laughs> That's right. We will be seeing you soon. Thank you so much for listening into our podcast today. And we'll see you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Check out our website at www.dubinbloom.net for hundreds of informative articles about survival medicine, gardening, natural remedies, medical supplies, and lots of other good stuff. Contact us, send your email to drbonespodcast at aol.com or use the contact form on the main page of the website. See you next week.